My beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord, we heard in the Gospel tonight, he who endures to the end will be saved. As we think back now over the course of the past six weeks, we've seen many examples of men. Those who did not follow God and those that did. We have the example of Abraham. The example of Joseph. And then we heard tonight a beginning of Exodus. So we'll have the example of Moses. And the example of Job. These men endured to the end. They weren't perfect. They had their troubles. They had their difficulties. They had their challenges. But they struggled through all of it to the end. Even when Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land, he was still considered a friend of God. They endured to the end. And we can see examples of those who did not endure. Job, for example, his children will not endure. Some of the sons of Noah would not. The son of Adam, Cain, did not endure. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Now, in tonight's gospel, in fact, this whole day and this, these next three days is all about being prepared because you don't know the hour. The end is coming. There's some signs that we can look for. That is the end of all time when our Lord comes. We enter into the final eschaton, in the fullness of it. But we were given warning that it's going to come, and it's going to come unexpectedly. So we have the end times that we're waiting for. That we know it's coming as lightning flashes from east to the west. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. But we don't have to wait all that long. In our own lifetime, we could be called home before our Lord's second coming. And we will have to render an account then. He who endures to the end will be saved. As mentioned, all these Old Testament men that have been our examples had many struggles challenges and difficulties. And we will hear this week of, of the, the Exodus. They were slaves for 400 years, calling upon God for 400 years. They had to wait patiently for God to act in the perfect time, the time that God chose. 
So you see, God's time is not our time. Something we pray for might be generations in the coming. We may not see it in our life. Because God's time is not our time. But in the time we are given, the few short years that we live on this earth, we are called to be faithful and steadfast. We are called to be courageous under trial. We are called to endure, endure persecution and suffering with patience and humility. He who endures to the end will be saved. When you look back over this course of the Lent, have we been impatient? Have we been impatient on God to act? He's not acting on our time frame. Have we had a taste of the fullness of the faith and because things aren't going perfectly the way our little mind thinks they should go, we're ready to just get up and walk away? Call it quits? Or are we going to endure faithfully to the end? It is these hardships and these difficulties and these challenges as Abraham experienced, as Joseph experienced, as Moses experienced, as Job experienced, that form us and make us faith-filled, make us trusting in God. Because if we are steadfast, we will be patient enough to see Him complete what He has planned for our lifetime. And we will be saved. Time is short for you and I. And it's shorter than when we first began, as St. Paul would say. How has your faithfulness been? I certainly have to ask that of myself. Have I been that trusting? Or have I tried to coerce God into doing what I think He should be doing? Do I not trust His will? Do I not trust the fact that He's all-good, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-merciful? Why can't I get that into my thick brain and into my heart? And I'll wrestle with these things the rest of my days until God calls me home. But the point is, in the wrestling, I have to stay engaged with God. Stay connected with God. Always having to humble myself, realizing that my will is not God's will. And my will, or what I think my will is, is imperfect and incomplete. And lacking in knowledge and wisdom and understanding that is of God. We don't have to wait, like many, are planning and plotting so carefully when that second coming is. The fact that it is, is enough. 
Jesus was very careful in not saying too much about it. Because that isn't the big concern. The concern is, he will come. When? Doesn't matter. Unimportant. It will. He will come. But he will come tonight for somebody. Pray God, no one here in our community. But he will come for somebody. Even without this virus, he will come for somebody tonight. And not just somebody, but multiples. So our time is drawing near. And we can't waste it. On useless arguments. On useless venting. On useless complaining. On useless accusations. There's no more time for that. The bridegroom is coming in the middle of the night. And if we're not busy tending to our wick, if we're not making sure we have oil so we don't run out in the middle of the night, we're going to be caught off guard. And he's going to come suddenly like a thief in the night. And it'll be too late. And we will be left with nothing. The door will be closed in our face. Because we weren't prepared. Because we were spending too much energy and time on things that were not important to building up our faith and serving the needs around us. We were caught up in everybody else's problem and not tending to our own soul. He who endures to the end will be saved. So my lambs of God, let us do what we know we need to do. Let us be faith-filled men and women, waiting patiently on the Lord, not concerning ourselves with the sins of others and the faults of others and the defects of others, only myself, and how I can be a better man and a better woman, a better son and a better daughter, a better father and a better mother, so that I can reflect the love of Christ that's in me to them. Because that's what I'm going to be judged on. Let us be strong and faithful. And let us endure to the end that you and I may be saved.